You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whatever you want to say. Welcome. It is TGI Football on the SB Nation NFL Show. A reminder that this show is brought to you by our friends at DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That is code SBNFL only at DraftKings Sportsbook. As noted, it is TGI Football, your Friday show here on the SB Nation NFL Show. Uh, make sure to subscribe to our podcast wherever you get podcasts. Leave a rating, write a review. Those things make us happy. You can also watch this show if you prefer on the SB Nation NFL YouTube channel. Please subscribe over there as well. The fantastic Rachelle Prevet is on the ones and twos today. Steven Serta is out. So we are doing this TGI football NFC East mixtape style. My name is RJ Ochoa and he is Brandon Lee Gotten. BLG, you and me again, twice in 48 hours. RJ, the people cannot get enough of the you and me combo. So, so happy to deliver once again. Happy Friday, TGIF. I think that you and I need to decide what um, historical, iconic duo we are. I know we've talked about like Batman and the Joker before, um, but you know what I mean? Like maybe that's it. Maybe it's it's something else. Um, Very humble of you. We need to decide which <laughs> iconic duo we are. I think it's pretty on brand for us, though, to be a bit, you know, narcissistic about that. Right. Like we're a great duo, so we should compare like. I'm I'm not it's narcissistic, but I'm also it's confidence. I'm putting you and me in that pantheon of all time great duos. And I appreciate it. I do think it's not the perfect comparison, the Batman Joker thing, but it does speak to like there's a friendship here, but it's more complicated than that. Um, so let's you know, the listeners are here for a reason, OJ. And it's to yeah. solve all of our problems. So why don't the listeners weigh in with their best comps for us and we will um see who is the best answer. I'm going to go with that, though. Um, that makes Rachelle Harley Quinn. Um, and, okay. um, you know, because she's from the BGN side, you know, what I mean, from the Joker side, obviously, like that kind of makes some sense. Um, and I don't know who that makes Steven. We can certainly ask him next week. Um, you know, maybe he's Superman. the Flash. Well, we also have to pick who stats is and Kiss. Kiss could be, um, I don't know. But we got to fill this out. We got to fill out the whole group at this point. So. I'm not as familiar with the DC of it all. Nobody is because nobody cares. Uh, Everybody cares, though, about TGI football. And Brandon and I have a very special show planned for you today that we did not just plan five minutes ago. Uh, So BLG next week on Monday Football Monday, which is actually going to be a Tuesday edition of the show. What with the Labor Day holiday coming up. Uh, Myself, Mark Schofield, JP Costa and Rachel, we're going to do our division winners and conference winners and Super Bowl picks. We're the only show in NFL media that's going to do that next week, obviously. Um, but you and I are going to predict um, some different things here today. Um, in true Batman Joker style, we're going to predict made up things. We're going to make up awards and tell us, tell each other, tell the audience who's going to win it. So like if I wanted to make one up right now, I could be like, 
the player most likely to pick their nose on the sideline during an NFL mm. game. And I would tell you who that was going to be. Who is that? Um, Zach Wilson. Okay. He's going to probably have some extra time to do that. That's for sure. Yeah. On the bench. Um, do you have a real award that you want to start off with? Or do you feel confident about this one? Um, I mean, I, I, I can't like go two in a row. Um, you can go okay. first. Um, I'll let the listeners cool. know that I'm a little under the weather. So if my voice is cracking, it's because of that. Uh, so that's mm-hmm. another reason that you should go first. Buy me time to build up my breath. Well, this one's topical because there was a big contract extension on Thursday. And you know how sometimes you have like certain things in the NFL that really stand out to you for no good reason in terms of like, it doesn't have anything to do with your team that you're following or you are you are rooting for or covering. There's just like a general NFL thing that sticks out to you for some reason. I couldn't get over last year how like TJ Hawkinson, when I'd watch the, the Vikings play, I was just so unimpressed. He was like, he was just so fine, like fine, not great, not terrible, but just so like, just whatever. He was fine. He was there. He was disappointing relative to a guy who I was like, everyone considers this, this dude, like a top elite kind of tight end. What are the Vikings doing? I'm giving the dumb contract extension (laughs) award to the Vikings for signing TJ Hawkinson to a market resetting deal for tight ends. Why? Why? His best season, he's not had a 1,000-yard season. He's never had more than six touchdowns in a season. He had 8.7 yards per reception. That's a terrible number. 8.7 with the Vikings last year. He's making three more, three million more annually, as you can see here on the screen, than Travis Kelsey. Like, what are we doing? Like, why are we paying TJ Hawkinson that kind of money? Also, hold on. It doesn't stop there. The Vikings this offseason signed Josh Oliver to a three-year $21 million deal. Why, why do you need to pay two tight ends that much money? What are we doing? Um, so first of all, you're not predicting an award. You're, you're handing it out already, um, I guess, or you're saying no contract will top this uh, throughout the course of the season. Um, I agree. I do think that we are seeing a bit of a return, not return, but like a bit of 12 personnel resurgence Right. So like, you know, in the across the NFL as a whole, um, but that's not a justification to pay all this money to the tight end position if you're in Minnesota. Like, hey, Vikings, if there's a dude on your roster who you need to pay right now, a pass catcher, it's not Josh Oliver and it's not, you know, TJ Hawkinson. Like you got to get this Justin Jefferson deal done. Um, I do wonder if this is a bit of sunk fallacy cost, right? Like um, or sunk cost fallacy, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. like they, they feel like, oh man, well, we traded for him. Like we have to yep. pay him. You know what I mean? Like, that's yep. really what this, this kind of smells like. Um, yeah, I mean, for what it's worth, I agree with you. He's not an elite tight end, but the drop off after the elite level is so severe, right? So it's Travis Kelsey and then a little bit of a gap and then probably George Kittle and then a little bit of a gap and then probably Dallas Goddard. And, but even then, like Dallas Goddard is much closer to the, like the mortals than he is the elites. You know what I'm saying? And so you can be like the fourth best tight end, even the third best tight end. And I'm not saying this about Dallas Goddard, like I'm not poking the Eagles here and not be worth that contract. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just not a position that's worth paying unless you have a true alpha difference maker. And I don't think TJ Hawkinson is that. No, I think how many tight ends are definitely better. Like how many tight ends would you take over Hawkinson? And let me read the names. Darren Waller. You probably take Waller, right? I mean, he's been well, hurt, but let's say he's healthy. Like, like, let's assume the upside. Well, no, here. you can't do that. You've hated on Waller all offseason long. You can't say that now. Like, you, you. I can say that I would like his upside more than I've seen out of TJ Hawkinson's upside. 
especially when you're paying both of them. If you're paying Waller 17 million a year and Hawkinson's coming in a little bit just under that at 6.5 here, 16.5. For what it's worth, I would take everybody on the screen ahead of TJ Hawkinson. So, so Waller, Kittle, Kittle, Kelsey, Goddard, yeah. Andrews. I think those guys are like all definitively better than You TJ haven't Hawkinson. mentioned Mark Andrews. Just He does get forgotten a little bit. I would take Mark Andrews. Yes, sorry. Over, Mark, yeah. I meant to say him too. Mark Andrews yeah. too. Same thing. I would. And then like, I think those are all definitely better. And then you can start to have a conversation about other guys. I think that's a little bit less clear. You know, you could, if you're a really big Kyle Pitts fan and think he's going to, you know, break out, you could say him, you know, um, if you like it, Evan Ingram for some reason, like, you know, he's, but he, the point is he's in that kind of tier. So I think this is a really, and also it's not just like, okay, one bad move by the Vikings who have otherwise have had like no blemishes on their record. Like they've had a weird off season, I feel like, and I don't really fully know what to make of them. Yeah, I mean, I do maintain that some of the heat they take is a little bit overblown sometimes, but this is a weird one. Again, if they had taken care of Justin Jefferson, I'd feel a little bit, you know, less whatever. Um, but okay. So, well, again, you failed the exercise in terms of predicting the award. You, you I'm already... predicting it's going to age really poorly, and he's not going to look good this year, and people are going to be, oh, man, that contract essentially so, well, was really well, dumb. You, you said he hadn't hit 1,000 yards and had never had a season with more than six touchdowns. Say he hits 1,000 yards and eight touchdowns. Is it worth it? I mean, again, has to pass the eye test. Sure. And I mean, that that's that that's implied. You know, but if we're putting numbers on it, 1,000 yards, 8 touchdowns. I think yes. I think the answer to that is yes then. I mean, it also depends too on like, okay, is this like garbage time? Are they a terrible team? Like, again, that's why the eye test is a factor here. Um, Did he move the needle for them at all? I don't think he will. And I mean, if he just barely clears those, okay. But I mean, you're not asking for that. You're asking for elite tight end production. And I think he's going to fall short of that. Um, okay, so not a prediction. More is more of a statement it of facts. I don't think so. Okay, let me I'm show you how this game is. This this contract will age poorly. Let me sh- let me show you how this game is played. Um, I'm going to predict that the winners of the most likely to disappoint award are going to be the Detroit Lions. I've been mm. on this corner for a while, and I'm very very fine with that. I really just. I think we're falling in love with the story more than we have in the past. And people have likened them to when everybody wanted to jump on the Jaguars and everybody wanted to jump at the Browns. Like, you know what that's like. I mean, you know that they, they're annually is kind of a team that like football media wants to jump on and, and be the first to say, because that's cool, right? It's cool to like speaking as somebody who like nailed the Colts prediction last year, like it's cool. And everyone's like, Oh, you called this, you know, way to go. Mm-hmm. And I think there's just this incredible rush to, you know, crown the Lions here. Do you recall uh, their win streak last year? Like who they beat? So they remember they were one in six. Like th- this is the team that is getting like all the praise. They were one in six. They beat the Packers 15 to nine. They beat the Bears, who you very, very famously are not impressed with. They beat the Giants, who we both have questions about. They lost to the Bills that Thanksgiving game that was super incredible. They beat the Jaguars. They blew them out. That was impressive. They beat the Vikings, which you yourself would not find to be that impressive. They mm. beat the Jets, which weren't exactly an intimidating team a year ago. They lost to the Panthers last year. Yeah. And then they they beat the Bears again. And then the Packers to close it out 20 to 16 and celebrated like they won the Super Bowl. Mm. And then they had the most like inefficient draft with all of this incredible capital that anybody could possibly have. You know what I mean? Like they're just a cliche. That's all they are. They're, they're like a, a football cliche factory they're so gonna disappoint i'm sorry lions fans 
I think I've been noticing a phenomenon and it's not just limited to the Lions. I've also seen it with the New York Giants a little bit. It's like these teams who are in the gutter for so long, they're so bad, right. and they have this little taste of success, and all of a sudden it's like, well, we're the next big thing. Like, we're great. We're awesome. Like, this is in the right direction, and everything's going to go well. It's smooth sailing. That's just not how the NFL works in general. Um, or so, life, right? Yeah, or anything. So it's just there's so much, like, being taken for granted, and there's so much, like, well, we arrived, so we're here now, and, like, everyone loves us. Um and I've told, I, I saw... I told you this before, but like I, I reference it all the time. The 2015 Cowboys, they built their team like they could go pick it up where Dez caught it. And like you just can't do that. Like it, there's like to your point, there's so many like assumptions made, like even the Jets this year. Right? It's like, oh, well, the defense will be great again. And Aaron Rodgers. Will, well, what if it's not like, you know what I mean? Like nothing. You can never, ever, ever bank on anything sticking ever in the NFL. Uh, except like Patrick Mahomes. But right. Uh, well, OK, except yeah, the like the alien exception. Right. Yeah. So I got this, what the energy I'm talking about here for, and I'm going to have to, sorry, our good friend Ed Valentine from Big Blue View, but there's an article up there titled, How Many Quarterbacks Would You Trade Daniel Jones For? Oh my and gosh, Ed. Ed's answer, let me read it for you. It's not a long list. Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, Trevor Lawrence, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Jalen Hurts. That's it. That's Hang it. On. I need to see this with my eyes because I, I probably two, think three, you're lying. Four, five, six, seven. No, I mean, I have it here. I'm reading it off of my phone. You can't really see because of the lighting. But like, that's my point in terms of like, there's just, you, you taste a little bit of success and all of a sudden you're just, oh you, you go straight to your head and you're like, well, we're infallible. We're awesome. We're the next it team. And I think some of that energy is, you know, it's with the Giants right now. Um, I shoehorned into this conversation, but I think it's also happening with the Lions. And I feel bad for because I don't want to say like, hey, Lions fans at Pride of Detroit, don't don't get excited. No, totally agree with really, you. Yeah, like, ride the wave. I'm with you. It's a bummer, but I do think it's maybe like, well, you know, let's 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 keep things in check things in check a little bit, and let's remember that for as well as Jared Goff played under Ben Johnson and everything, he's still Jared Goff and the track record is not strong relative to other quarterbacks. So it's not just like, you don't just get Jared Goff in a vacuum. You have to compare him to all the other good quarterbacks in the league. And where does he rank among those good quarterbacks? So um, yeah, I, I'm with you in that. I think the Lions are going to be a good team, but I think people might be going a little overboard with their ceiling. Would you trade Daniel Jones for Jared Goff? Um. I think I like the upside of Daniel Jones more. I think Jared Goff has shown me more that I worry about in terms of his ceiling. I think J Daniel Jones, there's something with his ceiling there that might not be reached yet, where I think Jared Goff has hit his ceiling. Um, so you read the list of names, and I didn't mean to make it up about the Giants either. And this is... By the way, if you're familiar with SB Nation blogs, this has over 600 comments uh, to contextualize <laughs> the uh, the type of conversation that this elicited. Uh, but um, so I'm not going to read them all. But Ed offered little blurbs on other quarterbacks he, he, under this category. Yeah. Some others you will wonder about. So he's effectively announcing he would take Daniel Jones over. Not even effectively. He's outright announcing Dak Prescott, Tua Tagovailoa, Aaron Rodgers, and he come said on. too, too old. His come his on. his, like, his blurb is. Too old. No. I'll take the 26-year-old Jones for the long You could term. be the biggest Aaron Rodgers hater. Anyone's taking Rodgers over Jones. I am, Come and on. I would take Aaron Rodgers. Um, yeah. Kirk Cousins, I think even you're the biggest Kirk Cousins hater, and I think you would take Kirk Cousins over Daniel Jones. That one's more of a push for me, but I think uh, if you're trying to say let's maximize our chances for this year, yeah, I think it's fair to take Kirk. 
Jared Goff, who we talked about, uh, he agreed with you, though, on Daniel Jones's upside. Justin Fields in the blurb is hasn't shown enough. What has Daniel Jones shown that is more substantial than Justin Fields? Well, I would um, take Jan- Jones over Fields. I would take. But like, again, if we're swinging for upside here, like Justin Fields, I know you don't believe in it, but he has the chance to be like a revolutionary runner. You know what I mean? Though. When you look um, at the historical precedent, he does not. Kyler Murray, Ed wrote, be serious. Um, and Deshaun oh, Watson is a thing there. Yeah. The Deshaun Watson thing, like, I don't think anyone like is morally doing it, obviously, but I would hope not. But like, if you're talking about evaluating the players, just the football players, Deshaun Watson is a far superior quarterback to Daniel Jones. Like, yeah. So, um, thanks for putting this on my radar. We might have to have some fun with this at Blogging the Boys. Um, but yeah, I, and I would, um, I'll go again if you are okay with this. And I think you'll agree with mine. Are you ready? Yeah. So we agree that there's this box of teams that are getting like all this love, this kind of like, you know, uh, ragtag group that's been down on their luck and they've, you know, had a little bit of fun and now people are ready to kind of uh, put them in the big boys club, like the Lions, like the Giants, whatever. So my offering is team in that box that is least likely to disappoint. So therefore most likely to live up to the expectations. Are you ready? I'm ready. Pittsburgh Steelers. I totally believe. Oh. I, I know you do too. Like again, you stole my thunder. They've they've been out of the, the like kind of consecutive playoff mix for a few years now. You know what I mean? And but they're so impressive. Like I'm like I was listening to I think it was the Around the NFL podcast, and they were talking about how the Lions are getting all this love for how they closed the season last year, and the yep. Steelers are getting none of it. Like the Steelers are this giant. Like what if I told you if I came back from the future was like, hey, did the Steelers won the Super Bowl? Would you be shocked at all? No. Like if I told you the Lions did, you'd be like, well. Okay, like something, you know, crazy must have happened. But no, like if I told you the Steelers did it, you'd be like, okay, yeah. I mean, like I could totally see that. I wrote down here when I opened up a little bit of a document to prep for the show, the arduous uh, preparation that I put in here. The first thing I wrote under not real awards at the top, the title was most surprising division winner award. And it's the Steelers. I think people... Because I think people, and sorry, Rachelle, producing this, I think people <laughs> think, you know, it's it's the Ravens or the Bengals division, and understandably so, because it's been for a little bit here. But I think the Steelers, and you kind of just hit on it here, RJ, are like the team with certain things that um, everyone else is mistakenly thinking other teams are. So right. maybe that's the word phrased in a good way. It's like, well, they're the it team. They're coming up. They have this coach. He has a lot of personality. Um, it's like, well, maybe that's not the Lions. Maybe that's the Steelers. They're like, you know, Justin Fields, this quarterback, ready to make this big leap. Well, maybe it's actually not him, and it's Kenny Pickett. So, um, yeah, I'm all in on the Steelers. I, they're actually, if you look at their odds, speaking of our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook, like if you want to put, you know, like kind of a not super long shot, but, you know, if you want to get like, uh good odds i think the steelers are good odds you can you know put a bet on them and and get good return value there for a team that i think has a much better chance at winning that division than anyone is giving them i mean you have to trust the coaching i really think kenny pickett is going to make this big leap george pickens is there they still have a lot of talent on that defense we we know how good they are when tj watt stays healthy so that's a big question mark you know if he gets hurt then okay we'll see we'll reevaluate that but if he's healthy I mean, <laughs> the best pass rusher in the NFL, and he, you look at his record, the the splits of the Steelers' record with him, without him. I mean, I like the Steelers a lot, and I think they are a bit of a sleeping giant in the AFC. So you mentioned the coach of the personality. Like, I think we get, and this happens with Rachel's Ravens, like, and John Harbaugh. Like, John Harbaugh gets like overlooked every year. Like, he's such a great coach. You know what I mean? But like, I think we just get this like. You know, we get bored. You know, like John Harbaugh has been in the NFL for like as a head coach forever at this point, and so has Mike Tomlin. 
but I just looked this up. Do you know how old Dan Campbell is? To the like point of like head coach getting like some love. Forty seven. He's exactly forty seven. Holy crap! That's nice. impressive. Do you know how old Brian Dable is? Um, uh, I don't. I'm gonna say fifty two. He's forty eight. Do wow. you know how old Mike Tomlin is? He Tomlin's probably like what forty five. He's not that young. He's I mean he's not that mm-hmm. old either. He's only fifty one. But my point is like he's been in the wow. NFL forever. You know what I'm saying? And he's like only fifty one. And so it's like, dude, like he has done so much more than either of these coaches and we don't give him the credit for that in this particular mm-hmm. instance. It's because. You muted yourself, my friend, unless I can't hear you. Sorry about that. Uh, we're there so hungry. Are. We're so hungry for these new storylines and these new characters. And it's like, um, you know, Mike Tomlin's Mike Tomlin for a reason. John Harbaugh's John Harbaugh for a reason. Um, so, yeah, I I'm all in. And like they have everything, too. They even have like people. Like sometimes these teams pop up and they're like, um, like I saw, I, I know you didn't watch, or you aren't watching Hard Knocks, but the Jets defensive coordinator uh, was hyping the players up for their final preseason game of the week or the, of the year, sorry. And it was at home and he was like, the environment's going to be crazy. And I remember uh, when the Browns were on Hard Knocks, Hugh Jackson telling somebody, he was like, man, the environment week one's going to be amazing. It's like, have you ever thought that the Jets or the Browns had the most like, crazy fan atmospheres but the Steelers do have that you know they have like all of the like ancillary things they have all of the meaningless things they have all the meaningful things so I'm totally with you um I liked the uh category you brought up though kind of on accident the what was it least likely division winner or most surprising division winner most surprising division winner I have a different answer uh if I think the Steelers yeah. wouldn't be that surprising maybe it would from an odd standpoint I mean they would yeah from an odd standpoint and I think the conversation but who do you have the Houston Texans. I mean, I I know I we want to see. I think that's not surprising. So I think that division is wide open. I guess relatively. that's fair. But, so then maybe this is a conversation about the Jaguars. Like, do you believe in mm. them sticking like or last year's streak? You know, be, like was last year's win streak more indicative of something lasting mm. or just, you know, fortuitous circumstances that turn into a playoff appearance and a playoff win? Well, Doug Peterson, time and time again, has shown that he can go on these runs late in seasons so i can't say that that part at the end of the year is fake because he's done that time and time again now the concern there is he's had to go on runs in his coaching career because there's been some slow starts to the season so i kind of wonder or worry about that as an issue as rj goes off screen to take care of uh either bear or his new dog and or his new dog honey um but i i worry about you know, the Jags getting off to a fast start. I worry a little bit about Trevor Lawrence because I think he finished the year great. And I think there's a chance he makes, takes another step forward in 2023. But there were times last year when I was watching him and I recall against the Giants specifically where as RJ is back now, bringing up how I think Trevor Lawrence is going to make that leap again. But there were times last year and I remember the Giants game specifically where like Smith some throws and i'm like man like i i'm I'm, i want to be in on trevor lawrence more but like i don't know now he finished the year strong so that was good to see um and you know you're adding calvin ridley to the mix and that's a big deal this could be potentially like you know the eagles adding jalen hurts or you know the dolphins adding um tyreek hill like this could be like that kind of and i think calvin Ridley's not good as those guys but like getting that alpha wide receiver in there could be like a big thing for his development is my point so um I don't have like unequivocal trust in them, but 
at the end of the day, I'm not going to bet against Dougie P, who has a pretty good track record. There's some chaos going on in my house uh, right now. Uh, the water delivery is working. No, it's it's that's bear. Um, also, why did you rename your dog and not talk about it? Uh, that, that's true. Um, so we originally were going to call our new dog um, Lady Bear, um, mm -hmm. named to kind of partner with Bear. But we found that to be very complicated um, is, in terms of like calling confusing. them. Yeah, yeah uh, like we were calling her Bear. That's enough. And she was um, like they were both turning, or she wasn't really turning because she's a puppy. But he was mm. like, "That's my name." So we decided to change her name to something completely different. So uh, we called her Honey. She's doing great. Uh, but the uh, we were supposed to have water delivered yesterday, um, like the jugs, and uh, now it's crazy. Um, so RJ is, believes in the Texans. Why? Why? Like, what is your belief? And where is that coming from? It's more that the division is just so wide open everywhere else, right? Or like across mm -hmm. the rest of the teams. Like the Titans could be like if I told you the Titans had the number one pick, would you be shocked? You know what I mean? Like the Titans have the Yeah, I would be because I think Vrabel's good enough of a coach that you're not gonna have the worst team in the NFL. They could be really bad though, is my point. And the, the be Texans like a, like a top ten pick team, sure, but I don't think they're gonna be number one. If I put it this way, and then allow me to put it this way. If we took the 2023 and 2022 versions of every team in the NFL and we, we looked at their like growth year to year in terms of talent, I think the tech and this is partly true because they had the most like room to go. Mm. I think the Texans have improved the most, right? Mm. Like relative to like the most important positions on the like on the team, they have improved substantially everywhere. I mean, I'm looking at their roster right now. How many defensive players can you name on the Texans? Well, I mean, but that's not the point. Like, I care about the offense. Yeah, the, the, no, but the offense is going to be okay. amazing. How many players like, can you name on the offense outside of well, C.J. Stroud at quarterback and Dalton Schultz, who was a former Cowboy at tight end? Well, that's two important ones. And that's okay. enough there. That's okay. We're trying to do a show here. But so um, they've got John Netschie <laughs> coming back. How can you forget about Robert Woods? Did you know that people call him Bobby Trees? That's good. I know. Uh, it's like, I mean, I knew that. I've known that for a long time, but it's a funny thing. Um, I mean, like, again, their skill positions are mm. Damian Pierce. You know what I mean? Like, they have so many, again, relative to what they like. I guess my point is, like, I find the Texans mm. to finally be a serious NFL team. They, they haven't been a serious NFL team for several years in a row now. I do like D'Amico Ryans. I do think there's something to that. I think he's going to be uh, in this mold of, like, a very role of a Tomlin. Um, you know, like, uh, if, if you want to throw a Dan Campbell in there, like, this motivational guy that players just love playing for and he gets a lot of juice out of the um, melons or lemons or oranges or whatever he's squeezing. Um, so I believe in that part of it. I still just think that roster isn't quite there, and I don't really know what to make of C.J. Stroud. Um, so... I don't know. I guess maybe then that is, if I'm saying I'm doubting them, that is an applicable thing that they could win the division there. But I, I think I like the Jags still. I think I'm riding with them. I mean, Colts, no. I think the Colts, I think the Colts could be, how about this? I'm going to parlay into a new thing. Um, the, the number one pick in the 2023, uh, sorry, 2024 NFL draft award goes to, I think the Colts could pick that high. I mean, everyone's talking about the Cardinals and they're tanking and they're really bad and they are. And I don't know if you've seen the clip, the most recent clip of Jonathan Gannon uh, giving a speech to his players out there as RJ has left the frame once again. But um, it's not really the most inspiring 
thing, I would have to say. So uh, Cardinals certainly are in that mix. But, you know, I think it's possible that the Colts are even worse because that roster, I just think, is also not really good. And Anthony Richardson is intriguing, but getting to watch him practice against the Eagles one day in a joint training camp practice and then watching him in the preseason, I just don't think he's there yet. I think he has talent. I think he's upside. It's a long-term play. That'll be very interesting. But I don't know that Anthony Richardson is like their year one in terms of being consistent enough and not having issues that don't manifest. So I think everyone, you know, has the the Cardinals being that number one team. And I think, again, they'll be right there for it. But I actually think the Colts could be there, um, which would make an, you know, could make for an interesting situation. But um, RJ, while you were gone, I was talking to people about the Jonathan Gannon clip. Did you happen to see that? circulating i did not that's that's what i was i saw this floating around um and him getting roasted but i didn't watch the clip um was it as bad as the comments made it seem i just think he's very not inspiring he's not like an inspiring kind of guy he's like there's been other clips this offseason that have circulated where it's kind of like i don't know man just seems kind of i'm not like buying this who was buying this like when he was talking to was it i forget who he was talking to on the Cardinals, but he was talking about like explosives and he was like, pew, 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 pew. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, well, he, he, did, like, he did that. Uh, was it Byron Murphy that he tried to do the handshake with? Um, probably, yeah, probably. Like, he's just, yeah, he, he, I think he looks, he comes off awkward. And that doesn't mean he can't be like a good strategic head coach or whatever. But, and as Rachel points out in the chat here, um, the players did look bored when they got to the players. Uh, and that was also, you have to think about it too. Like, that's like, in theory, the Cardinals are choosing that clip to show like the most, the best part of a meeting or whatever. And it was just not really resonating. So anyway, my point here was that I think the Cardinals are going to be really bad. Yes, absolutely. But I think the Colts are also really talent deprived. And I think Anthony Richardson is going to be a big work in progress and he's just not going to be there in year one. So I think they could also be really bad and be in the mix for that number one pick, which then puts them in a position, an interesting position I think they would, you know, if they get the number one pick, they're probably going to trade it, you would think, and maybe stick with Richardson. But I don't know. Like, those are two really, there's some really good, you know, like maybe they just want to ride with Caleb Williams at that point. And also, Jim Mercer is a whole wild card in this. Um, so who knows? I would offer one more sneaky kind of sleeper team for the number one overall pick. So we've offered the Cardinals and the Colts. I think those are fair. What about the Rams? Like, their roster is so sure. bad. I mean, like, beyond bad. Um, there's now the Cooper Cup stuff that's like, mm. you know, who knows when he's going to be ready. Is this, like, I think it's arguable that this is one of the least talented teams Matthew Stafford's ever had around him, which is really saying something. We know that Sean McVay already has a foot out the door. He's young enough to still leave at any point in the next, whatever, five years and come back, you know, to a different team at some point in the future. Like, and, and wouldn't it be the most like NFL trying to sell LA thing ever for Caleb Williams to stay local and go from USC to the Rams? You know what I mean? Like it would just, I, I mean, it would revitalize all the like NFL shoving the Rams down our throats takes that we are, you know, we're existing like 2016 through 2018 ish. I mean, like the Rams have a chance to be all time bad. Who, how many players not named Stafford and uh, Cooper Cup can you name on the Rams offense? Well, oh, I was going to say you were leaving out Aaron Donald. Van Jefferson. Um, yep. Higby. Um, 
their offensive line is a rotating cast of characters. Mm-hmm. Um, Cam Akers, who yep. that was the most like not cared about this. big story in, in the NFL last year was like, oh, well, they're just going to trade him. Well, no, but they were they like, he's never going to play for them ever again. Like, right. it was they're like so well, strange. arbitrary, like, arbitrarily. They're like, well, he's just played his last game. It's, it's over. It's, it's like, it's so, it was so stupid. Um, I mean, yeah. Okay. Uh, now go to the defense. Aaron Donald. Okay, sure. Who else? It's it's tough. It's impossible. I mean, like, no it's really, really, You can't really name different. anyone. Yeah. You're not going to name it. Who are you going to name here? Like, Akello Witherspoon. Uh, John Johnson returning to the Rams. Like, no. And... I think this shapes up for them to to be um, and shout out to Shil Kapati. I was listening to a podcast recently where he had mentioned this too. When you really think about it, I think this could be one of the more interesting NFL trade deadlines we've seen in a while because you look at these bad teams we just talked about, and I think there's and also the incentive to get worse because of Caleb Williams and the quarterbacks right. in the 2024 class. It's like I think teams are going to want to tank a little bit here, so. The Rams are prime contenders for that. Like, why are you keeping Aaron? Why does Aaron Donald want to stay around when he's considered retirement anyway? Don't you think he might like want to go play for a contender and the Rams would actually, you know, like want him to so they could actually get something in return? Uh, same thing with Cooper Cup. You could say same thing for um, who's on the Cardinals, like Zach Ertz again. <laughs> Maybe he goes back to Philly. Nobody's trading um, for Zach Ertz, dude. Chill out. I mean, come on. Who else is on the Cardinals that I'm, there's probably a better name there that I'm not thinking of, but the point well, is, maybe like, somebody, some maybe, of these... no, maybe some, maybe somebody wants Kyler Murray at that point. You know what I mean? Like maybe somebody's lost to, I mean, like, again, if we're getting silly here, like yeah. maybe a quarterback's gone down, then, you know, and he's better than, you know, whoever, I mean, that, that mm-hmm. is, you know, on the open market, like he gives you a chance, like, you know, you're swinging for upside if you've come that far at that point. Um, I like that take Uh shout out to shield um who's the this is my last question and we can each do one more who's the most annoying person who could take over the rams with them holding the number one overall pick ahead of caleb williams Buda like Baker, what, what would way, be a better name for the cardinals like for them to sell off but what was, what, what's your question what would be the most like nirvana of annoyingness like for who who to be the head coach of the rams like if sean McVay walked away they had the number one overall pick you know what i mean and it Someone's would be this like in. Yeah, like who who would be like the person that would make the storyline the most annoying ever? By the way, like if Sean McVay walked away, we would get force fed like this is not them firing him. It's a mutual mm-hmm. parting of ways. Like we would get that force fed all day long. But who would be the most like what would be and the actually, most annoying? He's a saint for going through the 2023 season and yeah, you know like, like and guiding them to a better path and he laid he laid now. the foundation for the next person. That's what I'm saying. So like what would be the most annoying situation like from a narrative talking head national talk show standpoint? good question well i say I, I take away the national talk show because nobody's talking about the rams on a national talk show yeah no one cares i'm trying to think is it it can't be like raheem morris i would say like uh, <laughs> or is it a retread i would say like um like kellen moore coach kellen moore would be annoying or like lincoln riley if lincoln riley jumped i was thinking about lincoln yeah. riley but that wouldn't make i mean there's just no way he makes the jump for that no, situation not, although not, be- not before the realignment stuff there's no way i mean well unless he wants to he's with usc now right i'm not up on my right. college football so right. does he you know to one the one two pack kind of like it used to be with cliff and uh and kyler. kyler at one point yeah um i don't know um Helen i think, my answer 
they would the Rams thing has always been interesting to me because I really do feel like the NFL was forcing that down everyone's throat when they first moved there because that there was that it's the 2017 season when they won all those awards they won like every award like right. offensive player like they won every because it was like and then eventually you know they won the Super Bowl with some help and uh it's just like the nfl had to justify football in la so i think it was very intentional a lot of the things that happened with that and i feel like still um they have to like that can't go away entirely like so it's not like okay we did that now it's done i feel like they're gonna have to come back with the second wave here and i feel like that's gonna be like the head coach it's gonna be the head coach has to be someone prolific it can't be like yeah it can't, know, it, it can't be Peterson like an equivalent when the eagles hired him it can't be like just be like who no it has to be someone with star power no, like it has to be like what John Gruden was when the Raiders brought him back. You know what I mean? Like it has to be like <laughs> is <it> John Gruden. <laughs> no, 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 no. But like, like what that—the energy that that was. It has to be like flamboyant. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Okay, one more for each of us. You're up first. Um. Okay. I'm going to say the most likely defensive rookie of the year candidate and what this is a real award these are supposed to be made up awards true all right um well i'm trying to make it up it's hard i it's embarrassing hmm. why don't you go i'm gonna go with um the the team most likely to live up to like their expectations I mean, it's diff it's difficult. Like, it's very, very, and I'm gonna go with the Bengals. Like, I mean, I I just I believe that they are sticking. Like, I think it's I it's we, we you and I talk a lot about like it's very possible the Eagles regress. Like, it's very possible the Cowboys don't make it get it done. It's very possible the Chiefs finally, you know, don't make it to the AFC Championship game. Right? It's very possible the Chargers fall apart or the Ravens or whoever. But the team that I would bet on, like living out what people think they're going to, is the Bengals. Like, I I don't know at what the exact moment was that the Bengals became like 
a trustworthy NFL franchise, but it's kind of cool. Like they, they are what the Lions are trying to become. And quite frankly, I've said this before, they are what the Bills are trying to become. The Bills think that they have become this like perennial powerhouse going from like, you know, little brother to the big top Tiffany brand franchises. The Bengals have actually done that more than the, the Bills have at this point. Um, so I think the Bengals have the most sticking power in the NFL. I think the moment is when the Bengals prove time and time again they can beat the NFL's like most intimidating team and intimidating quarterback. And the and even though they lost to that team, that is the Chiefs, of course, in the AFC championship game, I mean that game came down to the wire. And, you know, if what's his name doesn't push Mahomes, maybe the Chiefs don't even win. Who knows? But the point is the Chiefs have really struggled to beat the Bengals, or at least they have never beaten the Bengals to that point. And even when they did, it was still like a very narrow margin. This is a team that clearly has, and I think unlike any other team in the NFL, like has a chance to beat that top team and throw them off, which if you're in the NFC, you're like, please, God, Bengals, please do it. Because like you're the one team that can. Um, but even so, I think Joe Burrow in the playoffs is just a very terrifying prospect. That's not something you can look forward to. Maybe they don't win every game, but I like it's not going to be easy. And you feel like he I feel like you go into a playoff game with Joe Burrow thinking you can definitely win that game. I don't it doesn't matter who the opponent no, is. No, yeah, nothing is impossible. Win that game. It's not like, oh, well, the Bengals might have an outside chance. It's like, no, like I'm not saying they should necessarily even be favored, but I think it should be like a three point. I think it should be a standard three point line. It's anyone's game. Basically, it should be a pick them. It's like the, the they have a just as good of a chance of winning as the other team, if not a greater chance. So. I definitely think um, that's when it happened. And I agree with you. I mean, there's just too much talent there on the Bengals offensive side of the ball, especially. And um, Luana Rumo is a defensive coordinator who seems to like be able to get it done with what he has. And it doesn't it and I'm not saying it's like an elite defense, but it's a defense that gives Joe Burrow at the very least like a chance to win. He's not going to let it get out of control and not give Burrow a chance. I agree with you. Um, Okay, your turn. Last one. My turn. As I tried to buy time and look for an award, I'm just trying to really shoe in a Jalen Carter thing here. Is my goal. Oh my um, gosh! I mean, he looks really good, and okay, you were sleeping you, we, on this. People already heard us talk about this on the mixtape. Not I everyone mean, listens to the same. Uh, yeah, okay. Not everyone listens to the same episodes, RJ. Not everyone. How has about time. how about this? How about I give you a prompt and you answer? How, how about okay. that? It's better. Uh, um, let's go with um division winner from last year who's most likely to be the worst hmm. like of, the, of those eight teams so your options are the eagles vikings bucks uh niners bills Bengals, jaguars chiefs who's most likely to be the worst i mean of the those bucks eight are teams? the chalk pick there right okay because... let's let's have some fun who's, who's most likely to be un like unbelievably bad you know what I'm saying? Like that that's let's change the the well, we've been talking, talking about the bad thing. I have a, a thought here, and maybe it's a okay. question for you too. Which team do you think you're most likely to hate this season? And I'm not talking about like, well, I in, in your case, you root for the Cowboys, so you hate the Eagles or a division rival. I'm talking about like from a going back to what I said at the top of that show, you know how you just have like sometimes passionate takes on other things that don't relate to you? Mm -hmm. Like me with Justin Fields. I don't there's no reason like why. I don't like hate the bears or anything. It's not like a, it's not an already kind of contrived thing. It's just like, I just genuinely don't think he's as good as everyone else makes him out to be. And it, kind of like your thing with the lions. So I guess maybe that's your answer already, but do you feel like you have a new team that's, or, or if you want to put it this way, 
like who is the NFL's new villain? Who's the NFL new the villain team that is going to come out and everyone like they might be good, whatever. They're getting a lot of hype and everyone just like wants to tear them down. Uh, well, first of all, um, I'm going to answer the villain aspect. I like that a lot. Um, now, my answer is not to uh, pander to you um, for carrying me this episode because I'm not feeling well and for all the barking that's happening. But I think the answer is the 49ers. Like, I think Kyle Shanahan's villain arc is really building. Like, he's a pretty arrogant person, which is totally fine. You know what I mean? Like, if you're winning and whatever. But, like, if you're not, like, if, if they're wrong on Brock Purdy, holy crap. You know what I mean? Like, he has written... And to his credit, he has generally been able to cash the checks that he has written for the most part, not in the Super Bowl, obviously, but like he has written some massive checks with the way he has talked about everything. And there are people like stats who do such a great job of kind of keeping him on his P's and Q's about it. But man alive, like if that does not go well and they're just the same struggling, you know, team, no matter what, like, I mean, I, I could see him like he had, what was the quote he had before the draft? It was like, I don't know if we're all going to be alive, but you know what I mean? Like that kind of stuff. It is like wears on people way more if you're bad. I mean, it's it's worth like I brought this up. I think on Monday from Monday last week. Do you know how many? So last year they were amazing, and I'm not trying to take away from the Niners, obviously. And I am a little bitter from a Cowboys perspective. Hmm. Do you know how many wins they had in 2021? You've asked me this before. I forget like nine. They had ten in 2021. They were a ten and seventeen. They and they weren't even second in the division. They were third in the division. And to their credit, they snuck in. You know, because that was the year the Cardinals were whatever it was, like 7-0 and then fell apart. But, like, they snuck in and got hot and made it to the NFC Championship game. You can argue they should have won, obviously. But, like, I think that, you know, like, like you can't just ride that wave forever. And it feels like he's trying to do that. So, I think the Niners are the new villain. Um, I think Eagles fans would definitely agree with that based on the events of this past offseason. Uh, that's my answer. I think the 49ers, you, you use the phrase in there, like, you know, checks you can't cash. I think they've... Of explosive potential in terms of the downside because the expectations are really high. People are like the 49ers are the second best team in the NFC, or at least they're in the conversation for that. If it's not the Eagles or Cowboys, whatever you want to say they're everyone I think would put them in the top three there. So when you're doing that, you're already saying like good bet to win the NFC West again, which isn't even necessarily true because the Seahawks are knocking. I think the Seahawks could take a step forward. Potentially um, Cardinals are a joke and the Rams are a joke. So, I don't really think it's going to be them, but uh, I do think that if you're talking about teams that have like massive, so if you go the opposite way, like of the Bengals, and you're talking about sure things, 49ers are far from a sure thing. I mean, Shanahan has had success, sure, but like, why are we just, why are we assuming that Brock Purdy is going to be good again? Why? Because he had this little sample size. Again, I, I've talked to you about this in terms of there are much more established players who get a lot of skepticism or criticism, or whatever. Like Jalen Hurts, like, can he do it again? Can he look good again? It's like, okay, that's a fair question to, to ask. To, but like, to why are we not point, asking that also gonna, Brock Purdy? Well, to your point, I was going to bring this up. Um, but Brock Purdy wasn't even mentioned in Ed's quarterbacks. I would take over Daniel Jones exercise. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like he, like he, and I'm not like he wasn't even a thought. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, how like, many? I saw. I told you this. I, I saw Bob Stern tweet this. Like we, like, we have probably seen the best version of Brock Purdy ever, like across his NFL career, right? Like, so if, and, and I think that's true for like maybe Jalen Hurts, right? And like, but I, I would bet that Jalen Hurts' like career floor is much higher than it would. And like, back to the Ed question, like if I'm building a random team and like, it's what quarterback can I have? Like in like Daniel Jones or whoever, like I'm far taking like the Dak Prescott's or whoever, but like, you know, Daniel Jones with Brian Dable is a different thing. So if it's like Jalen Hurts or Brock Purdy, well, like, 
if one of them has Kyle Shanahan, that's a big bump. But if it's just the quarterbacks, then hell yeah, I'm taking Jalen Hurts. You know what I mean? Like, so that could bottom out so badly, dude. It's it it could it could be really, 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 really. I I agree with you that they have the most explosive um, swings, like one way or the other. Imagine I told you that you know there's a team out there. Kyle Shanahan is not the head coach, but the quarterback, the top two quarterbacks are Brock Purdy and Sam Darnold. How many how many games is that team winning in theory? Like just that's all you know. You have to pick a win total here. Like, what do you think? What do you think they're winning? You think they're winning ten? Is anyone saying ten games? People are probably saying like six, seven. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I with you. Um, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's just it's too much also, to continually Sorry, believe last, that. One, go ahead. One last thing. And so I heard our dear friend, Rob Stats Guerrera, talking about this recently on one of the shows he put out, you know, follow Stats on Twitter for all your great 49ers info at Stats on Fire. And he was talking to one of the people he does a show with, and he was talking about, like, if you just kind of ignore how the 49ers got to this point in terms of all the bad vibes and everything they've had going on this offseason, maybe it'll work out. And I'm like, I'm listening to that. And I'm like, stats, do you hear yourself talking? Like, you're just going to like ignore all this bad stuff and be like, well, maybe it will work out. And that's possible. But do you think that's the most likely thing? It sounds like you're talking yourself into it at that point. It sounds like all this negative energy and vibes that have come about from the Trey Lance turmoil to the inability to get over the NFC championship game. Like there's so many weird things to drafting a kicker early. Like there's just been so much. Chaos. that isn't even working like, out by the way like the kicker, exactly. the kicker like you know what i mean like it'd be one thing if the kicker was like incredible you know what i mean but like that's not even working out right now and that was in the a Bosa. year yeah that, that's still a thing like you know what yep. i mean like it's it's weird they do yep. tend to get the only the benefit of the doubt like to your point like nobody really addresses the like negative hypotheticals with them so i think people are are sleeping on that if we're talking about the most um surprise maybe they i mean no again they can't go first to worst because how bad the other teams are but i think they could be closer to bad than good than a lot of people think what's the did we talk about their over under i think we did no we didn't i'm gonna i'm Um, i think we did i think we ran through that last week or whatever i know you're pulling it up i'm gonna gonna guess it's 10 and a half what is it i know you're pulling it up uh i'm looking i'll buy you some time i mean um I'm looking yeah, it is I just 10 and a half. Two. Yeah, give me the under. If I told you that they lost a game to both the Cardinals and the Rams, would that shock you? I mean, the NFC West gets a little funky. Division right, that's what I'm funky. saying. So, no. Yeah, I don't think, that's they, I don't think like, the most likely thing is will. I think they will lose to one of those teams at least this year. Yes. Um, What a weird time. Okay. Um, I just saw this from Pat of Detroit. It may be Friday, but it's Monday in the Lions' week one schedule. Um, I used to always think that was so silly when the Cowboys would play. Um, they would go thing. They still do it a lot. They're doing it this year. They would go Thanksgiving to Thursday night football. The like Friday after Thanksgiving, Jason Garrett would be like Happy Monday, and he would like he would say that every week. You know, he'd, and then on Saturday he'd be like Happy Tuesday, guys. You know, he would call the days that it's like we understand what you're doing, but you can call the days what they actually are. So, um, yeah. Well, that brings um, us to a natural conclusion. Um, are you going to watch Notre Dame games this week, this year, with no. Jason Garrett on the call? No. no. Um, Rachel, if mean, you could join that, us. If, regardless of him being on the call or not, I'm not watching uh, Notre Dame games. Uh, 
I can't wait for the first we aren't of the season, by the way. Don't uh, bring that up. Uh, Rachel, um, if you could please, in a rare occurrence, hand out a TGI football MVP. Whoa. Yeah, the, the inaugural, the first ever. Um, wow. So, and, and you can give it to whoever you want. There were a lot of people who appeared on this episode, including the water delivery person. So, That's um, yes. Yeah. Okay. This is different. This is cool. Um, I think today I'm going to give it to BLG. Yeah. I think he earned it. That's fair. Um, yeah. Well done. Um, <laughs> even though the, the premise of the show was mine and everything, and I came up with all the stuff, but, you yes. know, whatever. That makes it more embarrassing for you that I just came in here and just. <laughs> kicked your butt um okay so as we leave um rachel i asked blg this on wednesday on the mixtape um if you could tell he and i something you promised to eat before the mixtape next week chicken tenders nice Ooh. okay good pick tgi
Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement.